What's going on, guys? Welcome back. This is now episode nine of Triggered with Don Jr. I want to thank you guys. Uh, so far, awesome reception to this, man. Not, not a lot of podcasts put up sort of the numbers uh, that we're able to do right now. And that's just been really cool. I, I'm just honored that you guys are liking it, liking the content, liking what we're doing. Tonight is an exciting episode. We have the wonderful Carrie Lake here. We're going to be talking about her governor's run in Arizona, the insanity of what's going on, how to fix the disasters that are our elections right now. Uh, I think uh, that's absolutely insane and so critical uh, to our future. You, they want us to give up. They want us to take our ball home. They want us to curl up in a ball and freaking die. But we cannot do it, so we got to keep going strong on that one. Uh, and there's a little bit of news of the day. We got to talk about all of these things. Um, Joe Biden finally, finally visited East Palestine, Ohio. I'm just kidding. He doesn't give a shit about Ohio. He doesn't care about Americans. Uh, Joe Biden is in Ukraine. He couldn't go one hour away to Ohio to watch and see the disaster that is taking place on U.S. soil, but he can go over there for the obligatory, like, Hollywood selfie with Zelensky in Ukraine. It's so safe, guys, over there, apparently, that the Secret Service didn't have a problem with him going, okay? That's what's going on right now. But America is facing basically its own Chernobyl, uh, its own natural disaster. Animals are dying. You're seeing videos all over the place. People don't know what to do. Americans are suffering. They're not sure if they can drink the tap water. And it's caused by toxic rain from this spill. And Joe Biden can't bother with those people. Our transportation secretary, who's, I guess, on his watch, all of these toxic derailments are happening miraculously. Uh, he can't be bothered to do it. The U.S. is doing essentially nothing. But Joe Biden can go over to Ukraine, where we've dished out hundreds of billions of dollars at this point. Okay, we were in for like 113. Don't forget, last month the Pentagon announced that they lost. They cannot account for $220 billion. I'm sure none of that's magically ending up in our proxy war against the world's largest nuclear power, Russia, right? Uh, so where's Joe Biden as this is going on? As we're facing a natural disaster that's affecting hardworking Americans. You know the ones that pay the taxes, that fund all the bullshit that Joe Biden and the Democrats want to waste their money on? He's 5,000 miles away in Kiev, Ukraine. I can't think of a more fitting anecdote for what's going on. Joe Biden is in Ukraine, but he couldn't bother to go meet with and see for himself what's going on right here, right next door, just to his west in Ohio. Um, I guess Ohio, maybe what you got to do, and maybe Governor DeWine, you should listen in. If you put Hunter Biden on the payroll, maybe, just maybe, you'll get the attention that, like, the corrupt regimes of Ukraine and China get. Because that seems to be the only connection to get actual attention from Joe Biden and his administration. So if you guys, maybe buy some of his art. I hear he's a world-renowned artist. I hear, like, he's outsold, like, Picassos 
And like some of those kinds of artists, you know, minor like journeyman artists like Picasso, Hunter, uh, the Craghead. Yeah, put them on the payroll. You'll probably get some attention. So while all this was going down, apparently FEMA told the people of East Palestine, Ohio, that they were ineligible for FEMA help because their homes weren't destroyed by the toxic rain and the derailment that happened in their area. So the air could be gone, their animals could be dying. Uh, the liberals are really upset that we'd have the balls to ask, where the hell is Pete Buttigieg? You remember, he was out there ranting because the couple of construction workers who were actually working, again, to build America, to pay the taxes for their bullshit programs, uh, he was upset that they were white. Uh, but no, no, no. East Palestine has been told by FEMA that they're on their own until, until Donald Trump, my father, former president, stepped up and said, you know what? He's going to go to East, Ohio, uh, East Palestine, Ohio on Wednesday. He's going to visit it himself. Because as far as I'm concerned, the only politician that I've seen over there was J.D. Vance, my friend and the great senator from the state of Ohio. But... DJT, my big guy, your big guy, is going to be going to Ohio on Wednesday to meet with the people of East Palestine, Ohio. And you know what happened? Magically, magically, minutes, minutes after Donald Trump announces that he's going to be visiting East Palestine, Ohio to see for himself what's going on, magically, FEMA, who had literally told the people and the residents there that they were ineligible for assistance. FEMA put out a press release later on that day, like minutes later. Washington followed continued discussions between the state of Ohio and FEMA uh, regarding the Northern Folk Suffer derailment in East Palestine. Governor Mike DeWine of FEMA Ranger Australia issued the following joint statement. FEMA and the state of Ohio have been in constant contact regarding emergency operations East Palestine, Ohio. U.S. EPA and Ohio EPA have been working together since day one. Tomorrow, FEMA will supplement federal efforts by deploying a senior response official along with regional incident management assistant team to support ongoing operations, including incident coordination and ongoing assessments for or of potential long-term recovery needs. Oh! It's amazing. Guess what, folks? When your leaders don't show up, when your leaders refuse to lead, a real leader, even if he's not in office, will step up and fill that void and force these freaking clowns to do their damn jobs. You saw it over the weekend. The New York Times put out a statement. After a train carrying toxic materials derailed in Ohio this month, right-wing commentators have been particularly critical of the response, using that crisis to sow distrust about government agencies and suggest that the damage could be irreversible, yada, yada, yada. If they're not going to show up, if, if FEMA refuses to do anything until Trump steps up, right? Because I have to say that part, because otherwise I'll get fact-checked and say he lied. But no, no, FEMA stepped up. Uh, within minutes of Trump actually doing something, because our own leadership, Joe Biden, his administration, and the incompetence that he puts in roles of leadership, like checkbox Pete, you know, Mayor Secretary Presidential Hopeful Pete Buttigieg, whose only qualification was that he's gay, which is wonderful, I don't think anyone cares, doesn't mean he should be in charge of anything, but 
the Democrats disagree, right? That's the only thing you need to actually get an important job. And it doesn't matter if he has failure after failure. So the New York Times <laughs> wants to say it's somehow a right-wing uh, conspiracy. The right-wingers have been crazy about what's going on and trying to sow distrust in our government. No, we're not sowing distrust in our government. Our government and their actions, or lack thereof, sow distrust in everything that they do each and every day, right? Yet another conspiracy theory. Every day we read about another one. Oh, it turns out we were right. We'll talk about another one later. <laughs> we'll talk about one in a few seconds. But moment after Trump announces that he's going to step up and fill the void where Joe Biden, his administration, and really the Democrats, whoever's actually in charge, now we get action for the people of Ohio. So thank God Trump is willing to actually do that because, honestly, the Democrats aren't. Their incompetence is glaring. And you know what? Why would they help the people of Ohio? Those are Republicans, right? The New York Times is going to vilify Republicans to run cover for the incompetence that they have working in there and pretend it's a right-wing thing. No, no, no. The people of Ohio, they are Americans. They're hard-working, blue-collar Americans. And I understand today's Democrat Party couldn't care less about those people, right? Maybe they got to become trans and all of a sudden they'll get all the attention they need. But until that happens, we got to take care of the heartland of America and the, some of these incredible people. And guess what? If Joe Biden, the Democrats, the media, the establishment, big tech, they're going to run cover for the incompetence and not give a shit about those people, well, Trump will step up and fill that void. So have you ever heard about Joe Biden actually helping Americans? I hear about everything other than Americans here, you know, like the hardworking Americans that Joe Biden used to support, the people that, you know, he used to cater to, the people that frankly used to be catered to by the Democrat Party. The Democrats left them. Joe Biden said it two weeks ago in his speech. Do you, would you believe that like, hardworking blue collar people are voting for Republicans? I mean, that's, yeah, because you don't care. You prove that time and time again. You're in Ukraine spending their taxpayer dollars helping a corrupt regime rated by many people more corrupt than Russia itself in yet another never-ending war so you can enrich your military-industrial complex clowns. It never ends. I guess the other problem is East Palestine, Ohio is 93% white, which unfortunately means that Kamala Harris probably doesn't feel you deserve any aid uh, and because that's probably racist as well. Watch for yourself. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And I so we... Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. I mean, seriously, it feels like uh, the people she's talking about, they're the ones actually not getting any assistance. They're the ones that had been ignored until Trump stepped up. But, but don't worry, folks. Joe Biden really cares about pensioners and people who are going to be living on those incomes. He cares so much. 
While unfunded pension liability in the United States is a disaster waiting to happen, Joe Biden's gonna make sure that people who are living on pensions in the Ukraine, in the Ukraine, that we're gonna take care of them. You can't make this shit up, folks, listen. And to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. I mean, he is going to pay their pensions? How about, like, Americans? There are Americans getting crushed by the Biden Democrat economy. Our food prices are through the roof, everything. But of course, again, we're going to pay the pensions of those people. You can't make it up. You literally cannot make it up anymore. This shit has to stop. What is going on with these clowns? I mean, they're going to pay the pensions of the people in Ukraine. Unfunded pension liability in the United States is like a multi-trillion dollar problem waiting to happen. And we're going to take care of theirs? The same people like Joe Biden who was talking about Social Security and Medicare benefits, like pretending the Republicans were going to try to do that, even though it's clearly not the case? Like, he's going to pay their pensions? Come on, folks. Come on, man. <laughs> this is... The people running our country, they couldn't care less, folks. On President's Day, they're going to take care of their pensions, but, you know, you, eh, you'll be on your own. We'll spend your money to pay for their pensions. Your money for your pension? God forbid. That's racist. Homophobic, transphobic, or some bullshit. Because everything is that. Or, or climate change, right? So, meanwhile, some of you folks got banned for social media and the internet two years ago. Uh, it's now being reported, even in the liberal media, with NBC News reporting that immunity acquired from COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death, a study finds. Huh? No shit. It's almost like People like me and others and actual scientists rather than narrative creators uh, have been saying this for a while. Um, they admit that the immunity from infection is actually higher than two shots from the vaccine. We are literally in the midst of the world's biggest I freaking told you so. And, you know, I, well, I guess we got to write the article will then make it disappear shortly thereafter. People got fired for thinking about this. S actual doctors who talked about actual science and the way our immune systems function, they were canceled and crushed for daring to go against the narrative. And now, two years later, after they weaponized it to manipulate an election, to get all sorts of funds for trans programs all over the country, because a lot of your COVID relief stuff was going to bullshit that you didn't want it to go to for things that had nothing to do with COVID. So now, after two years, they win, they get what they want. Ah! Now, 
We'll put it as a little asterisk right there in the end of the footnotes and pretend like something's going on. Will anyone be punished for this? Of course not, folks. It's the narrative. Big tech will still boost those people who lie to you. Big tech and social will still cancel those who were canceled or put in Facebook or Instagram jail at the time. That's how it works, right? Just like those people from the summer of love that burned down their inner cities are heroes and wonderful people. And those people that took a selfie within 2,000 miles of Washington, D.C. on January 6th are still in prison. Remember, folks, these people hate your guts. So over the weekend, there was a little bit of a controversy. Tiger Woods was guilty of a major, major offense, folks. He was playing golf, and even after a horrific injury last year, he outdrove uh, a person he was playing with, and as a joke, slipped him a tampon. I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it's funny, and I love that humor still exists, and I love that Tiger has it. But no, 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 folks. That's not what happens. A guy can't have a joke with a longtime friend and break his chops anymore. He was attacked as a woman hater. But I thought men could be women if they wanted to. Maybe he was identifying as a woman so he happened to have a tampon. I'm hearing about money being spent to put tampons in the men's room at institutions all over the country. The same liberals that push for tampons in boys' bathroom now want someone to apologize for handing a tampon to another man as a joke. Please make that make sense to me. But it didn't end there, folks. It got so heated that Tiger was forced into an apology for a joke because the left will fucking kill everything, including humor. See for yourself. Your joke with JT from Nine yesterday is kind of going viral. Can you kind of just explain your thoughts behind it? Yeah, it was supposed to be, you know, all fun and games, but obviously it's, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I had offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having, having fun. And uh, as I said, if, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. Um, it was not intended to be that way. Uh, it's just, you know... Guys, the only thing Tiger should apologize for is the apology we just witnessed. Okay, remember, folks, I've seen it myself. The apology, it doesn't end it. The apology to the left is just the acknowledgement of guilt. It doesn't make you any less canceled. It doesn't stop them. What it does, it gives them the starting point to continue their bullshit attacks on you that will never end. Remember, there is... No apology. You cannot bend the knees to these clowns. Tiger, good on you for having some fun. I thought it was hilarious, and so did just about every human being who watches sports or golf or isn't one of the lunatics in the left who would have a problem with this. The people that have killed humor, the people that have made comedians have to really be careful about anything they say, therefore making them not funny, those are the only people, but we've given them such a big soapbox that they think, and even other people think that that's the majority. They are not. 
They're just loud. And big tech and social media has enabled them because God forbid you get in their crosshairs. Don't apologize for anything. And people, remember this. Don't ever bend the knee to these clowns. It's never good enough. It's never good enough. It's just the starting point for their grift, okay? Now, apparently, there's also no consistency in the truth with the liberals. It's all hypocrisy. Bernie Sanders is getting rich off of a book tour attacking capitalism. He literally wrote a book about how disastrous capitalism is and is selling tickets on Ticketmaster. Like, the organization that <laughs> makes billions selling tickets. Bernie's selling expensive book tour tickets to sell his expensive book to people while bitching about capitalists. And even, even the liberals have attacked Ticketmaster. Watch this stuff, because you can't make it up. The irony is so incredible here. The anti-capitalist is literally on one of the largest capitalist platforms in the world selling $100 tickets to his book tour where you have to buy that too, rallying against capitalism. But hey folks, remember, there's nothing at all ironic about a communist that has three homes and is selling $100 tickets to his book tour, folks. Don't worry, nothing to see here, folks. Don't even think about calling it out because if you do, uh, you'll be racist or like a climate change proponent or something else that these freaking lunatics will come up with. Check it out. But I'm just getting warmed up, Margaret, not the fun. <laughs> but I have to ask you, you're going on tour to promote this book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And you're here talking about it. I understand we're not the bad guys you're, you're describing in the book when it comes to the media, but tickets for your tour apparently are selling for $95 on Ticketmaster, which is con accused of anti-competitive behavior. You know that. Some of your Democrats are criticizing them. Aren't you benefiting yourself no, from this I, system that you're all, trying to dismantle? First of all, those decisions are made totally by the publisher and the bookseller. Bernie's getting rich, folks. Even CBS News is asking about it because everyone can do this. Trust me, in my next life, I want to come back as a freaking communist because you can say anything, you can do anything. You don't actually have to, like, live, you know, the lifestyle you're talking about. You can just say whatever and make lots of money. But, hey, guys, Bernie's full of shit, okay? And let's not forget, back in 15 and 16 when he was running, there were people that actually believed Bernie's shtick. For the, he's for the regular guy. Then he folded to Hillary. Then he gave up and he groveled. Bernie is a weakling and a loser, but he will keep hitting you back up for more money because his grift will continue. I actually thought he may have been real, but when he folded and bent the knee to Hillary and said he's wonderful after what she did to him, you realize he's just another communist weakling. He'll be out soon enough and he's gonna make sure to retire rich, okay? He's a fraud a liar, and a loser. But so are all the communists, so remember that. So it's been quite an exhausting week, but we do have a little bit of good news. Kevin McCarthy is giving 40,000 hours of unseen January footage. It's gonna be out soon. Right now I know he's giving it to Tucker Carlson. Tucker hasn't exactly even been a fan of Kevin McCarthy for a while, so it's good that we're getting this out. As an aside, when I interviewed Kevin McCarthy, if you haven't seen it, 
Uh, it was like the second podcast I did. It was episode two. Uh, we had a good talk, and I literally forgot to ask him about it. We got we did like 90 minutes. We went half an hour over, and but when we were chatting right afterwards, I was like, oh, what's going to happen with that? Apparently the left, because they don't exactly want the truth to get out, we're making it not so easy for him to get that footage. So there's a lot of people out there in the Twitter. They forced Kevin McCarthy to do that this week because they got bullshit. This has been in the works for a month since he took over as Speaker of the House. He told me so himself. They were reluctant to give it. I'm sure the Democrats that had control don't exactly want to see what was going on. You know, your grandmother inside the velvet ropes who've had the FBI visits or those who have been in jail for nonviolent offenses, all of that stuff. Well, guess what? Now the truth is going to come to light. All the things that have been hidden by the Democrats, all of the stuff that we've been asking for for two years, he's going to put it out. And again, he told me so himself about a month ago. So those people who are out there doing their usual claims that they made it happen, it's nonsense. He told me so himself. The day we did the podcast, the second episode of Triggered, uh, so it's awesome that it's going to be out there. We're going to find out whether there were actual provocateurs. We're going to see if it seems like there were actually feds in there, because to me, based on everything else that I've seen, and frankly, the actions that they've undertaken over the last few years, that if you have a brain you've been watching, you know, they seem to be concerned about all the wrong people, and then the people who seem to take credit for the stuff, they get a total pass. So let's find out. But there's 40,000-plus hours of footage. Tucker and his team, people, they're going to go through it all, and we're going to finally be able to connect the dots. So good on Kevin McCarthy for doing that. Not just you know bowing to the FBI and the feds and the Capitol Police and the Democrats who didn't want you seeing this footage for the last two years. Now that we're back in control, he's going to be doing this. And it's been in the works for a while. If it's taken a little longer than you like, that's because... It's because I... Imagine the Democrats didn't want the truth out there. You know, the transparent Joe Biden administration, it's all bullshit. Nothing transparent about it never was. But as long as the media will say that, you know, they're going to pretend. So uh, as, a last, uh, as a last thing, today is February 20th. Uh, it's my mother's birthday. My mother passed away this summer, and I just wanted to uh, wish her uh, a very happy birthday. Mom, we miss you. This was an incredible woman, man. This was, guys, she was like the badass woman like we hear about today and talk about like 30 years before that was a thing. Uh, she was an Olympic athlete. Uh, she escaped communism, uh, came here to live that American dream, uh, became uh, a, an incredible force in business. Um, she wasn't like, oh, we need to fill the checkbox woman spot. And like, you know, like Pete Buttigieg, She's like, oh, it's a woman. But like she was doing this shit and she was a badass 30 years before that was actually a thing. Uh, and so just an awesome woman. Uh, it she'd be celebrating her 29th birthday today. That, that would be her story. And she would stick to it uh, at all costs. You know, her other famous lines, like, uh, if it can't be done in high heels, it can't be done at uh uh, I've seen her do some pretty amazing things. So just an incredible woman uh, ahead of her time, a total badass, a great mom. And actually, you know, someone who just incredibly influential in uh, our lives. You see, you know, the way myself, Ivanka, Eric, whatever we are, like a big part of that's her. It's not just my dad. Like she was the one that pushed us, you know, got us in the outdoors, took us all over the world, experienced things. I mean, honestly, I think even 
a big part of my political leanings uh, have to do with her and the influence that she had on us uh, as children. I mean, she's, she made me go over to communist Czechoslovakia with my grandparents every summer just to understand how freaking lucky we have it. So a big reason why I fight to protect this stuff is I've actually seen it. Unlike Bernie and all the academics that are preaching the great virtues of socialism and communism, I've seen it. I've seen it because of my mom. Uh, you know, her personality, uh, her attitude, just way ahead of her time. Mom, you were a badass uh, as a woman before. That was popular. You just did it. Uh, and we miss you and we love you. So, guys, about to get to Cary Lake, but I just want to thank uh, our sponsors of this show. You guys have been awesome. Uh, now, more than ever, you see what they're doing to us every day. It's time to support companies who support you. And that's why I want to tell you all about Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. With Patriot Mobile, you can put America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as all the other major carriers. Not only does Patriot Mobile provide you dependable wireless service at an affordable price, they also share your values and they support you. Patriot Mobile puts their dollars into action, donating a portion of every dollar to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, the sanctity of life, protecting our brave military and first responders. So support companies who support you, not those who throw you in the gulags, and vote with your dollars and vote to support Patriot Mobile. So for free activation, go to patriotmobile.com slash WHH. Again, for free activation, that's patriotmobile.com slash 3WHH. Sorry. Uh, get the three in there. Patriot Mobile is mobilizing freedom and supporting you. And again, it's not easy to support a show like this. So support those who wouldn't put you in the gulags. Support those that aren't taking your hard-earned dollars and sending them towards their woke liberal crap. Support those who feel like you. So again, it takes guts to support a show like this. So I want to tell you a little bit about GoldCo. I'm looking at the economy, guys. I run some big businesses. I see what's going on, and it's looking like 2008 all over again. When millions of Americans watched their retirement and their savings disappear. Gold and silver can protect your retirements from savings, from inflation, and from dollar devaluation. You can roll over your 401k or IRA into precious metals and safeguard your savings tax and penalty free. The U.S. dollar has lost 85% of its purchasing power since 1971, so owning tangible physical inflation hedging gold and silver can help diversify your portfolio. <laughs> Guys, precious metals are important. What's going on right now is a disaster waiting to happen. So diversify and protect your retirement savings. Support companies who hate you. Can't read today. Support companies who love you instead of those who hate you. And go to DonJuniorGold.com to learn a little bit more. Go to DonJuniorGold.com, learn a little bit more. The people at GoldCo will take care of you. They'll teach you all you need to know about it. And so, guys, again, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you all for watching. And everyone, uh, we've got a great treat for you. The wonderful Carrie Lake will be joining us right now. I think you're going to love it. Check it out, and you have a lot to learn and a lot to talk about. You guys are the best. So guys, I'm here with the one and only Carrie Lake. Uh, incredible, uh, someone who's become a friend, uh, I think an incredible candidate, a great representative of the MAGA movement, someone who came in 
from the outside and the media. Uh, I think this is going to be exciting. We're talking about how my studio is literally set up in my gym, and my lazy ass probably needs to hit the gym a little bit more than the studio, but just a lot of a lot of stakes in the fire, uh, as I'm sure you've had. So uh, you guys are going to have a lot of fun tonight. This is going to be a good one, and we're just really excited to talk to you. I'm excited. And well, you have an excuse not to use the, the workout equipment. You can't get to it anymore. The, the, yeah, the well, that's true. Yeah, it's way. a little, yes, this is a little bit of a makeshift design, and it, uh, you know, I, I will figure it out eventually, but I'm just, I'm the least organized human being in the world. It's like, I know where everything is, but I can't put it together. My mind doesn't work that way. So it's a, I gotta figure it out, but yes. Well, like, some people are that way, and the, you, you go to their desk, it's a mess, and you move one thing in this messy desk, and they know because their organizational so uh, you know, strategy, that's their organizational yeah. My strategy. assistant is like, do you have that thing for, and I'm like, I can stick my hand in and pull it out from a pile. She's like, I have no idea how you, like, there are people that are impressed by it. They look at it and they're like, this is disgusting almost. But like, they're impressed at my ability to understand spatially where it all is. Yeah. But also my just total incapability of like just getting it neat and organized. Eric, my brother, is the opposite. Like if you go to his desk and you like move something like a quarter of an inch, <laughs> he'll sit there. That? He's sweating. Inca- like it's like the greatest like form of OCD ever. Like incapable of functioning until he puts it back yeah. a half an inch. And- well, I think there's a brilliance if you can ha- take chaos like that and find something in it. That means there's probably a, a really high level of intelligence. In well, that. yes. Obvi- that's obviously the case. Exactly. Uh, obviously the case. I used to be actually very organized, had a very clean house. And I really got upset when things were out of place. And then when the campaign hit, we were going from six in the morning until midnight and we come home with stacks of stuff and we're dropping it here. And I just never had time to get back into that organized mode and now I'm kind of like I don't know if I ever will yeah it, well I mean the campaign it changes you right I mean yeah. I, I saw that myself we actually spoke a little bit about this last night yeah uh, where you you come out of this thing and like everything is different you yeah. know it, it's just it's so intense it's so for me it was actually very hard to go back to business right we're like okay we won this thing it's like well I've been doing that for 18 months it's like you're speaking you're on a stage every five life. times a day you're like oh you feel like you know, there's an element, maybe it's, for me, it was like my first taste of being a little, like, little bit like, let's call it rock star-like, mm-hmm. right? Just hundreds or thousands of people showing up every day. And then it's like, okay, you win that. Okay, you're going back to New York. You'll run the businesses. I'm like, the businesses that were really exciting before, all of a sudden, not that exciting yeah. after this, let's call it even two-year break. What, what was that like for you? Well, I didn't expect it to be such a whirlwind, and and I did not expect when I got into politics to even have a movement. I mean, I think my movement is a smaller version of your dad's movement, the MAGA movement. We had it here in Arizona. I decided to run because the people asked me after I walked away from my career and in the news. uh, I never imagined getting involved in politics. It it wasn't even on my list of, of ideas of what I might do. But the people were so touched and moved by me walking away and walking away from my career and the money yeah. and all of that. And they said, would you please run for office? We need somebody who understands us, understands the issues, who we trust. And at first I laughed. I mean, I really did. I thought, they, they must think I'm crazy. I'm going to walk out of the corrupt world of, of the news and go into the even more corrupt world of politics? <laughs> no, thank you. Although these days, I don't know, media may be more corrupt than actual politics. And I'm, you know, both of them, let's, let's say I can't stand them both equally. Yes. Uh, you know, but it actually may be worse. It, the, the fake news right now, I think, is the most dangerous institution 
in our in our country, maybe in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but so I walk away. They, I just started getting hundreds of people saying, "Would you please? You should run for office. We need you. Have you ever thought about running for office?" To the point, my husband and I would be walking, you know, taking a stroll around the neighborhood. And I remember one time, a, an SUV pulls up, passes us, and then stops and reverses, <laughs> pulls right up. The windows go down. I go, "Okay, this is interesting." And it was a mom and her teenage son, and she said, "Oh my gosh, we are so." We're so touched that you walked away. We miss you. You were, yeah. you were our favorite. We watched you for years. Have you ever thought about running for office? We need someone like you. That's like the ultimate motivator. I think for, for yeah. me, it was when those guys, when those people, not, you know, not the billionaire donor class, not the, you know, but those people like, hey, thank you for what you're doing. And it's just a regular family just because yeah. they're watching. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people feel helpless they do. Uh, about what's going on. So when you have that chance, to me, that's the ultimate motivator. Like that's. Yeah who there's I continue no, to fight no for. There's no one fighting for the real hardworking everyday American. And so with all of that, I, I started to think maybe I should, I mean, maybe this is really what God freed me up for. I prayed when I left my job that I was really making the right decision. I knew I was, but there was a bit of, um, you know, worrying about walking away from a big big paycheck. Yeah, that wasn't listen, fun. That, that's, you, you have responsibilities. <laughs> you have, no, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I would say even, you know, I know sort of what I had to go through, and I understand how blessed I've been and stuff like that, but relative, I couldn't, we couldn't do international deals anymore. All, all the things yeah. that, you know, the standards that, that Hunter Biden were not, was not going to hold himself to, we did voluntarily. And it was, those things changed. So it's sort of easy, it's easy to spend up when you're going up in a career. It's a lot harder to be like, okay, now I'm capped and going down. Yeah. And so, and, and we, we walked away from it and, and people were telling me you should run and I thought, oh my, how do you run? I had to call the, the GOP, the Arizona mm -hmm. GOP, and say, I'm thinking of run for, running for office. How do you do this? Because I'm just a regular citizen, yeah. even though I was yeah. well known in the community. So I kind of walked through it, we decided to run and it was like a wildfire. We just, we caught fire and everything was um, exciting and it got bigger and bigger and bigger as we moved through the campaign. But in those final weeks we were doing rallies. I think we did three rallies the night before the election. It was so intense. The people were really excited about someone who's gonna represent them. We had great common sense policy to solve the problems at the border, shut down the cartel's yeah. operation, make our streets safer, make sure our kids are getting a proper education. We, Sounds very racist. It was great. <laughs> well, I know, then they're yeah, like, that, she's that, an that's extremist. That's what the left would say. You're extremists like, for wanting what? to you know, take what? care of our kids and like maybe put Americans first. And, yeah. Uh, what's extreme? I would say to somebody, what's extreme about this? Please point it out because I really don't want to be an extremist. So point yeah. out what's extreme about this. And they never can. So you it, went from media though. How do you, how do you go from media? You're, I don't want to say part of the machine because I think you had you know, morals and values and a soul yeah. uh, that I think is missing. In, uh, now that was maybe local media was perhaps a little bit different, but you saw how the sausage was made for years. You talk about the evolution of that. I mean, you spent your most of your adult life in the media. Mm -hmm. You know, how much worse is it now? And and what were the steps that made it worse? Obviously, I think Trump sort of, you know, the Trump derangement syndrome brought out the insanity that's out there. But talk about that. Like, how much was it? There was always a bias. Your dad but, uh, cracked the shells off the nuts in the newsroom and mm -hmm. revealed a lot of nuts out there. There's a lot of nutty people working in newsrooms. And I always did take pride in, in being a fair journalist. You know, we all have bias. There's not one person working in a newsroom across this country who doesn't like maybe one candidate over the other. The question is, can you check that? Can you cover, so I always felt that if I liked, you know, I, I was a huge fan of your dad from the minute he came down the escalator. And knowing that, I felt a real 
uh, it was really important for me to be fair. I almost had to check myself a little bit on the other side so that I wouldn't go overboard and yes. be too positive like, about one person. Joe Biden is a great orator. Well, He's one of the great speakers. I didn't go that far. <laughs> but you just have to be aware of where your yeah. bias is so that you're making sure you're fair. And I learned how to be a journalist back in the day when you covered all sides of the story. Does anyone do that anymore, though? I think there's a few people. They're yeah. more on the alternative side now. And I, and I think the alternative yeah. media is growing bigger than where the mainstream media is. I mean, look at the ratings for... Well, I, I did, I got a, somebody sent me the nightly ratings for um, the Arizona News. Mm-hmm. It was shortly after I'd left, maybe six yeah. months after I, I'd left. And I was stunned. The people, or the stations in Arizona, in Phoenix Market, it's a huge market, yeah. they reach six and a half million Arizonans. That's their capability. That's yeah. what they could have when it comes to ratings. Six and a half million people that they have their eyeballs. And I was stunned to find out that some of the newscasts we're getting a thousand viewers. Yeah. We had some newscasts with asterisks. That means they're getting no detectable viewer. These are these are the ten o'clock news, the noon news, the four p.m., five p.m. news. Getting a thousand viewers. I have tweets that get ten, a hundred times more really? than that. Well, I mean, honestly, it's like, it was interesting. It's sort of why I, on Rumble, right? Uh, to be able to do this for me, it's like I didn't feel like even. Even conservative media, I think, is very biased, and they sort of they want their tentacles in the game, and they want influence, and they're going to support candidates that they can control because they need them. That's right. And so it's like, well, I'll do this. And when I look at even the numbers that we're putting up on some of this, especially when you talk about a streaming platform where you have an, you know the eighteen to forty nine demo is you know they're like, well, this station gets this. I go, yeah, but like half their viewers are eighty, and yeah. they, they, it's it's just a different. It doesn't mean as much in terms of uh, you know viewership and in terms of ratings and in terms of the demographics. And so it, it's shocking sort of how they're held to this pedestal, but like no one's actually no watching. No one's watching. And that's what I was trying to get across when I was campaigning. Mm-hmm. Let's stop worrying about what the media's saying because literally no, one, no one's watching. On some of these shows, look at yeah. the asterisk, that means no one's watching. Or they have a thousand people. And I would say, I have more people in this room hearing our message than are watching the number one newscast in Phoenix, Arizona, which, which can reach pretty yeah. much the whole state or almost the whole state. Yeah. So we're so powerful. And, and that's why they had to try to destroy your dad, because well, was it all, I mean, he was I not controllable. You had sort of one of the rare instances to sort of build up a, a, a viral base of your own. Yeah. It wasn't just like, well, they showed up when Trump showed up. I mean, I think you had your own following that way. And do you think that's why they also went after you as hard as they did? Meaning you're, you're a threat to their very existence as well, even if it's more locally. Uh, you know, I, I saw you're one of the few guys that actually fought back to the media. Yeah. Uh, r- rather than, well, we're just going to ignore them and maybe not take it. You <laughs> well, actually took it right back to them. But, you know, that was different than pretty much I Actually, else. when I got into this, I told my team, I'm not going to do any interviews with the local media. They're, they're corrupt. They're fake. I know they're not going to give me a fair shake because they were already writing nasty stories. I said, I'm just going to ignore them. We're going to do this without them. And my communications guy talked me into doing a five-minute interview with the, the local, you know, CBS affiliate or whatever they were. And I said, all right, I'll do it. He came out, and he just instantly went into the attack mode. You made a donation to a Democrat before. You did this before. And I went, wow, you got five minutes with me. I just announced I'm running. How about, this is an interesting story. We've got someone who's leaving her illustrious career behind and as a citizen jumping in and becoming, wants to become governor. Why do you want to do that? I mean, there's a million ways you could go that's more interesting. And he went on the attack. And it was so funny. I felt myself just being filled with rage. I was so angry. I'm like, this jerk. And I was just enraged, but I, I went back and forth with him. 
finished the interview, I called my communications guy, Ross, and I said, Ross, that was a huge mistake. I just lost my cool. I completely melted down. Why did we, why did you schedule that? Huge mistake. And he's like, oh my gosh. He goes, <laughs> he goes send it over. Yeah. The funniest thing though, he goes, send it over. I go, all right, we're re-racking it. Jeff, my husband's getting it, you know, turned around. We watch it. And you could not detect that I was angry at all. I kept my cool. Whatever was going on inside did not show on the outside. And we discovered at that moment that was my secret gift. That I can You're just... better at that than me. I, <laughs> I didn't I, show I get the calls from DJT. You know, good points on You're so aggressive. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, we need aggressive men. Yeah, you're telling do. me that I'm too aggressive. It's like, oh my you know, he's like, the tweet you put out earlier, Don, was that was pretty hot. I'm like, wait a minute, Dad. Like, yeah. you know, I love you. I will listen to you on so many things, but maybe, yeah, just just maybe this is the one place where you you know you've seated the high ground, and I yeah, you know, I, I just can't turn those jeans off. When when you have Donald Trump telling you you're too aggressive on Twitter, um, yeah. maybe you need to just pause for a yeah, second. Yeah, he yelled at me on the yelled in sort of a father yeah. joking way the other day. He was like, you know, I watched part of the episode and. You, you talk so much with your hands. I'm like, but that's where do another, I get that, Dad? You know, I wonder where that comes from. He goes, he goes, do it less. I'm like, well, how much less? He goes, like, do five percent of what you're doing right now. I go, five percent. So you mean I'm doing twenty times too much? Yeah. He goes, yes. But I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to. If you change. talk with your hands, you're probably not thinking about it. Correct. It's just the way I speak. Yeah. Uh, and so. And as know, long it's, as it's, as long once you start thinking about it, then it's going to become awkward. You're going to be like doing weird things with your hand. So it's so funny. So we wrapped up that interview, and. It turned out to be a complete takedown of this guy, and we realized we had gold. Well, you and had so we fundraising posted. dollars, I'm sure people, because you could see it in real time on a campaign, right? Like, yeah. people start phoning up, they're signing up, they're, like, they're getting on your email list. Like, you can see when you're making a difference. This, well, this was really early before okay. we had before all that. Before you even had all that. Yeah, okay. we didn't have endorsements, we didn't have big donors, they were all sealed up with the other candidates. And so we just went out there in a really grassroots way, put that out. All of a sudden, people went, wow, she's actually pushing back. She's a fighter. We need fighters. And we decided at that moment, we decided to put it out before he could put his hit piece out. Yeah. We put it out immediately. Five hours later, the hit piece came out. But between us putting it out and his piece coming out, the station, their TV station got inundated with callers. You guys are so biased. You guys suck. And they went after him. Yeah. And he ended up, I think, softening his story because he, he realized, oh my gosh, everyone saw what a jerk I was in that interview. And we made the decision at that moment, every we're going to do a lot more interviews because I'm pretty good at them, yeah. and we're going to bring our own camera gear in. We're going to actually put the camera on the person asking the it's questions. It's so important. Mic it up, make sure that we can hear what they're saying, and if they're going to try to be rude and biased, we're going to actually expose them in a viral video clip. And after about three or four or five times, the media caught on and they went, ooh, I don't want to be the, her next viral video clip. Yeah. So they started minding you know, their P's and Q's a bit. Did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite where someone just, like, oh, I think their, their Australia, insanity just showed up? And, and, oh, man, Australia's 60 Minutes was great. It was after your dad came to town okay. and really had one of the greatest um, rallies I think he's ever done. It was in January of 2022, I believe. And um, it was in Florence, Arizona. Now, mind you, you know how much people love your dad. Yes. It's deep. It's not just yeah. this deep. This love goes a mile deep. Mm -hmm. And people were willing to drive an hour to a small town outside yeah. of, you know, outside of Phoenix. And it was three and four hours long sitting in traffic to get there. They had to park a mile away, walk in. It was windy and cold. And 50,000 people showed up. 
It was amazing. And I was at that rally and, you know, it, by the grace of God, I gave a great speech. At least that's what people tell me. And it was just really moving for people. So I think that scared people. They went, holy smokes, who's this woman in Phoenix? Who's this woman in Arizona? Yeah. The crowd likes her. Um, we have to bring her down. So I got a call from 60 Minutes Australia about three days after that rally. And I thought, this is interesting. Oh, yeah, we just want to talk about the MAGA movement. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, without President Trump, we want to just, you know, talk about where it's going. Of course, that wasn't really one they, what they wanted to talk about. Yeah. They wanted to Definitely. attack me and try to bring me down because they saw me as a threat. And they thought, okay, we've successfully brought Trump down because he's not sitting in the White House, but we can't have other people who are MAGA who are effective sprouting up. We need up. stooges, not people who yeah. will actually do what So they're like, people. crap, we got to destroy her now. So I show up with this complete, talk about stooge, Stooge from 60 Minutes Australia. And he's, you know, interviewing, he, I'm being interviewed on a laptop and I'm sitting in a hotel room. And he just immediately goes out after President Trump. And I'm looking around like, I don't see President Trump in here, it's <laughs> yeah. just me. I was under the impression this was gonna be for me. And he, he, had the, he had stage four Trump derangement syndrome, a raging case of it, like I've never seen before. Every question was just an attack on your dad or trying to pin me to January 6th, I said, sir, I, haven't, I wasn't there January 6th, and I'm running for governor of Arizona. I don't have a say in that. This is a state, uh, a state um, campaign, and this is a state position as a governor. Not, I, don't, I don't have a say in what happens in the federal government. But everything he tried to get me, I just kept turning it back on him. At the very end, he, um, he told me, I, I guess you, don't, you probably are the kind of person that doesn't believe in the moon landing. And I said, and you're probably the kind of guy who likes to mask your children up, okay? So we just went back and forth. Yeah. But of course, the way they, they cut it and splice it always yeah. tries to make you look Well, bad. that's why it's critical. And we, we've done some of that ourselves. It's like, get the tape recording. Uh, yeah, you know, I know. Listen, you recently, we released the whole interview, recently. You by went the way. on with Piers Morgan, which is again going into the sort of the lion's den of you know guys trying to you know either vilify you know the MAGA movement, and he tried doing the same thing with my father, where they play like a, a part of a sentence, and it's like no, but if you actually listen to the whole thing, it's literally the opposite of what's going out there. So they released the tapes, and then the entire the entire premise of what they were building up the excitement of the interview was just. Shot and people are like, "Well, what's the point? Why would you lie about it?" And you lose all credibility. Right? I mean, yeah. You he, continue to put. He yourself made it out look like way. your dad stormed out on Correct. that interview. And it was like, and here's he what it is. Like, it, like that didn't even remotely happen. I mean, and you. He did the same thing to me, and and I I kept my calm. I smiled. I was pleasant, and I remember him attacking me because I'm fighting um, a really bad election, a botched election in Arizona. Yeah. I believe intentionally botched, and I said at one point I said, "Pierce, Pierce, frankly." I don't give a damn what you think. And I said it in the nicest way. And of course, after I said it, I went, okay, that's gonna be the headline. Carrie like, I don't give a damn what you say. And I thought, okay. And sure enough, that's what they did. Made it look like I hey, lost guess what? I, I don't, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, clearly, yeah. you know, you, you have all sorts of extenuating circumstances in, in Arizona. You know, I don't know that there's, you know, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, the ghost of Hugo Chavez came back and manipulated a Dominion machine. Like, I'm not that guy, like I never was, right? But it was much more simple than that. Much more simple. And that, I think that happened not just in Arizona, but in a lot of these sort of purple areas where, mm -hmm. you know, one person acting on their own could make a big difference in an election. It didn't have to be this big organized machine. It, I know, think they, why did the so... coincidence only break one way? So let's talk a little bit about sort of your experience there. You know, what's going on? Take everyone through to, to the fight, the obstacles that they put forth. I know with us, they're like, well, you have no standing because... 
That's you know, it true. happened last week. I go, well, how are we supposed to fight something that we didn't know happened until we know that it happened or believe it to be happened? And yeah. so, you know, talk about the court systems and everything you're up against because you're still in this battle. We, yes, like, we this, are. This is, you, we have a great You haven't court conceded. Case. You yeah. haven't. You know, you're just trying to get an outcome. So, I, yeah. take us through. You know, election day, the anomalies. You know, which again, they only go. I'm going well, to go, go, I'm gonna go a step further. Genius, but I'm, pretty good at statistics. I'm going to go a step further. The crimes that took place. There are more than anomalies or crimes that took place or broken laws. But to, to get you there, I have to explain how big our movement was yeah. and is and still is yeah. big. It's massive. It was the biggest political movement we've ever seen in Arizona. I've been covering Arizona for almost 30 years. We've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. I don't take the I credit. I saw it myself, 100%. It's not about me. It's about we, the people. Mm-hmm. And that's what people recognize. And I'm running against... I'm sorry, the biggest loser to ever run for office in Arizona. She can't even speak. She can't string a few words oh, together. She, she wouldn't even debate you. She wouldn't debate. She wouldn't because, debate in the no, Democrat. No, it's easier you know, when you have big tech, Yeah. when you have the mainstream media, every, everyone just sort of running cover for them, you know, hide, like Joe could hide in a basement. Meanwhile, you know, if on the rare occasion he did a rally, you know, you have two people in a circle. It's right. like, I don't know. I, I don't see the enthusiasm. And I was there in 16. Yeah. They're, and if you ask me between trying, 16 and 20, it wasn't even close. The 20 enthusiasm, despite everything, was bigger, significantly bigger. And I think that was evidenced even in the votes. And yet, magically, they, they yeah. pull it through with no real credibility, no real movement, they no real... They want us real... to stop listening to what our gut is telling us yeah. and stop listening to what common sense is telling us. Stop believing your lying eyes, yeah. Carrie. Exactly, exactly. So we have this massive movement. Our internal polling is saying we're up 10 points. We've got other polls that are saying the same. We've got Real Clear Politics saying we're up beyond the margin. Um, she's not showing up. She gets a crowd of five or 10 people. We have thousands, 4,000 at some of our rallies. Massive. Uh, and the enthusiasm was so exciting. And people show up to vote on Election Day. And, you know, we, I was telling people, vote however you want. If you want to vote by mail, vote by mail. If you want to show up early on election day and get there in line and do that, whatever you're comfortable with, just vote. And so on election day, massive lines immediately. I got a, I got a call on election day. Your dad actually called and woke me up. <laughs> How are we doing? What things looking like? I said, great. I'm super excited. I hang up with him. I look down at my phone. I've got like 60 text messages. And I go, that's a little more that's than normal <laughs> in the never morning. A good thing. So I start scrolling through it, and it's one video. Like, holy crap, are you seeing this, Carrie? What the heck's going on? It's everybody texting me going, are you seeing these lines from all over in mainly the Republican areas? Yeah. Lines that are, you, they go so far you can't see the end of them, and you've got the poll workers coming out saying, okay, people, we've got a problem. The machines aren't working inside. There's going to be a delay. It just you know, We just want you to know what's going on. We don't have printers that are working. And I'm like, I mean, I have to tell you, my heart just sunk. I went because you know I where went, it's going, right? Like at that, that point, went, where you're like, these, oh, they're trying to steal it again. Son of a bitches, these son of a bitches. This is how they're going to steal the vote. Yeah. We had eyeballs in place. We did everything. We had poll workers, poll watchers. Everyone wanted a clean, good election. We didn't want another embarrassment for Arizona. But how do you stop them when we have the proof and the evidence when they intentionally? printed the wrong image on the ballot on election day. This is what's in our case. They printed intentionally the wrong image on the ballot, knowing that 75% of the people showing up on election day were voting for me. They intentionally print the wrong image on the ballot, so it jams the tabulator. And we found out through our investigation that they did this at 60%, at least 60% of the polling locations in Republican areas. 
The lines were a mile long in some areas. People waited four hours. It was a disenfranchisement of the people, the good people of Arizona, and not just Republicans. And if this happened in the other way, if this happened to a Democrat, there would be outrage, there'd be congressional hearings, there'd be statewide hearings, the legislator would be, you know, and you called know into, uh, you know, a tribunal, and yet, strangely, they're, oh, well, you know, it just happens. Yeah. And literally only in Republican areas. Oh, I mean, does anyone so believe sad. in this much coincidence anymore? That's, it, that's what I don't understand. It was so sad to watch some of the video. The, the good thing is, because we had so many people watching, we had video, we had uh, poll watchers who were writing out declarations going, I can't believe my eyes, this is terrible. And so we had tons, unlike in 2020, where all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you've got to pull all the evidence together. We had tons of evidence immediately of what was happening. And it was so heart-wrenching to see guys going in, they're veterans, so excited to vote in this election. And you could just see the look on their face when they came out, like, I can't believe what just happened. My vote was just trampled on, my sacred vote. And so um, it was really sad to see this happen. But we knew right away, it's like, wow, they couldn't steal it by just throwing in 300,000 bogus ballots with no chain of custody, which they did. They had to sabotage election day. We know they had, uh, the signature verification was run, was, was not even existent. They didn't even check signatures. We had whistleblowers come forth. We have a mountain of evidence in a great case. It's in the appellate court right now. Are there multiple cases or one? We had a couple cases. The first one was a quick case to pressure Maricopa County into giving us the, the uh, information we need. They were withholding. Here we're trying to put our case together and we're trying to get publicly, uh, public information given to us for our case and they were stalling us, thwarting us at every turn. And yeah. so we had to file a lawsuit to get them to give us information. Well, your, your opponent's also the Attorney General of the state who yeah. decides. Oh, that's like, another, I mean, yeah. like, Let's talk about that a little bit. Because I mean, think about it. Like, She's in charge of the election, at, my opponent. At what point would the opponent in, 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 in civilized society would they not have to recuse themselves entirely? And, and honestly, most of their teams, frankly. Because well, it should be a law that, sh that the person running for governor can't also oversee the election. But in Maricopa County, where we have 65% of our state population resides there, so you can take a Maricopa County, if you can rig that, you can rig the whole state, and really in some ways rig the whole country. You take yeah. these big mega uh, counties. Oh, of course. And so uh, the two guys running Maricopa County, even though they are Republicans, Stephen Richer and Bill Gates are their name. They, about five months before the election, formed a super PAC raising tens of thousands of dollars to stop election denier candidates. And then we found out after some investigation, the it's always Bill Gates, isn't it? Yeah, it's not, not the rich Bill Gates. <laughs> no, I, I know, I, I understand, but it's like there's a, there's always a Bill Gates involved. There's always a Bill Gates involved in something shady as hell. It seems like right. these days, right? So they run a super PAC to stop election deniers, as they like to call us, people who want to have honest elections. And then we find out all of the expenditures went to stopping one candidate, me. I'm on the top of the ballot. They're running- And so this is a, you know, quote unquote Republican. Again, we, we, yeah. you know, I could say it's like a Mitt Romney or a Liz Cheney, it's with Republicans like that, who needs Democrats? I think John I think, Rich calls them Judas Republicans, which is great. I mean, they're yeah. the kind of Republicans that'll stab you in the back. Well, but they also, those are the Republicans that want to be loved by the system, which is controlled by the left. And so, you know, you can, ha you can have an easy, it's like the DC Republicans who are the weak ones. Mm -hmm. You know, the Paul Ryan's just weakly, like you can have an easy existence. You know, your Democrat lobbyist wife and stuff like that can, can still make money as long as you fold when it actually matters. Right. And I feel like there's so many of these where they're like, well, you lost to a Republican board. I'm like, yeah, but not really. Well, Because they're it, not really Republicans. Exactly. Like they're, or they go, well, your Republicans were running it. You weren't cheated. And I go, no, Republicans were running it. And yes, we were cheated. The whole system was 
threatened by me because we didn't use the typical political consultants. Yeah. I didn't come in and hire consultants. I thought, I don't need somebody. You know guys that take 90% of the fundraising dollars. They get exactly. really, really rich. They take on the ad buys and the radio buys and the That's marketing right. thing and everything. And they get rich. And the money that the grassroots people give to you doesn't end up really going to you or moving the, cam- right. the campaign forward. I mean, that's another thing, you know. Well, and I don't need that, some consultant. We could spend a week unpackaging that one, but you know, people, if, I think if they figured out how badly that system is played, you know, that, that consultant class is really dangerous. It is dangerous, it is dangerous. And, and I didn't need some consultant from DC to come in and tell me what the issues were in Arizona or how to talk about the issues or what the people were feeling. I didn't need them, they wanted me to spend 150,000 on a poll to figure out what what the issues that I should talk about. I said, first they of all- They happen to own the polling agency, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I said, you know what? You're gonna poll, what, 500 people if, if, if you're lucky? I go out and talk to 500 people four times a day. I don't need a poll, and I've covered this state. And so I don't need you to message it for me. And so we never did any of that. We messaged, messaged what was happening in Arizona based on my heart, what living there had told me, what my relationship with the viewers. And I was so fortunate to be able to walk into a crowded room, and I didn't have to go, hi, you don't know me, my name's Carrie Lake, I'm running for governor. I walked in and I was blessed, I mean, thank God, I was blessed with that long career where people knew me. They came up to me and said, we're so excited about your run. Tell us more about what um, your ideas are for fixing the border. And it really was, people think I ran only on elections. I believe in election integrity, uh, we have to have it. You ran a lot of very my, basic tenets that the people of Arizona actually wanted, which makes the whole thing even more frustrating. My top issue was securing that border. And when I got into it, the other candidates didn't want to talk about it. And I said, are you kidding? We're going to talk about the things that the people are thinking about. And that border is, is wide open. It didn't have to be that way because your dad had put in place the greatest border policies that we've ever seen. I covered that state for 30 years. I'd never seen it more secure than when your dad put together an incredible um, plan. And he did that with um, so much incoming. He had one arm tied behind his back. He's trying to cobble together um, enough money to build the wall. Mm-hmm. Didn't cost that much money to build that wall. Think how much we sent over to Ukraine. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Right? They, With a fraction of that. For $3 billion, you could have completed the wall. Right. But we've sent 130, and you know, the Pentagon lost 220, right? So I imagine most of that's going to Ukraine too. And you know, so there's yeah. 130 sort of officially, you know, and then funneling back for it. through FTX into, um, you know, crooked politicians. It's it, and the media is not covering that. Yeah, all of a sudden those politicians don't want to give that money back to the victims of that fraud. Right. It's sort of amazing. And I the real victims if, are the taxpayers. Well, of course, and, and, you know, and or the shareholders, and or the, they, all the people that were duped. And yet, That's true. You know, if you're a Democrat politician, you can do that and there's going to be no consequence because there's not enough people with a soapbox to hold you accountable. Right. Right. They'll smother you with Google. They'll smother you with social. They'll smother you with mainstream media. It's as though it never happened, which is That's sort right. of what's happening with you, right? I mean, you have viable claims. You have uh, evidence out the wazoo. You have the fact that they are with, at least attempting to withhold evidence mm-hmm. you know, as it relates to you know, the election fraud claims and everything like that. You know, how do you get it out? out? How, do you, how do you make that happen? What can people do to make that happen? Uh, you know, what did you learn from the process? And you know, what, is, what are you still trying to get done in, in this court case? I think we have actually done an incredible job. I mean, we, we won and got to the primary, through the primary, with very little mainstream media. I hardly spent any money on ads. Our first ad buy was, it was really really meant to poke the fake news in the eye. 
And um, we put out about $10,000 in ad buys. Our first ad was me looking directly at the camera. That's how Arizonans know, know me. And I said, if you're watching this ad, and we only aired it during the local news. Yeah. So if you're watching this ad, it means you're tuned into a fake news. You know, you're tuned into the fake news. And then we said, you know how they're fake? You know how to tell they're fake? They won't talk about the biggest story out there, our corrupt elections. And they're you know, rigged and stolen and they have consequences. You know, and I talked mm -hmm. about some of the consequences. So we put that out, $10,000 ad buy. We had 350,000 in earned media from that one ad buy. Yeah. So we played that game. We said, how can we spend as little as possible and get as much bang for the buck? Yeah. And then we continued to use social media. And that's how we're getting most of the information about our court case. But I know you're not surprised by this and probably none of no, the people watching. They, people want to hear about our case. And so when yeah. we, put a, we put something out on Rumble, we put something out on Twitter, it goes viral immediately. People are constantly saying, where's, where's the court case stand? Yeah, so so what, would, you know, what would this viewership need to know about what's going on What's out there? What, what are they not hearing about? Because again, no one's going to talk about it. I mean, if, if you win, no one's going to talk about it. If you uncover stuff that they, they managed to smother through legalese, and right. it's like, well, it's too late now, it doesn't matter. You know, what is it that they need to know? Well, or what they say is, oh, there's no evidence. There's no yeah, evidence. Like, other than, yeah. Well, actually, there's a ton of evidence. Uh, we presented a ton. Of, we had 10 counts that we, were, we put forth, and the, the lower court judge said, you can only argue two of them, and we'll give you five hours to argue them. Okay, the two hardest ones, we proved it in court. Maricopa County never denied our evidence. They never said, that's wrong. I mean, It was like the Hunter Biden laptop. They were like, well, how do you know it's not Russian disinformation? Because like, Hunter Biden's never come out and said it's not his. Like, if that was my laptop, I'd be like, uh, oh, bullshit, man. like, that's not me. Uh, it, it ain't me. But when, if that were your laptop, you know, yeah. that's no, all we would have been story, talking but about. That, yeah. But that was like... They're like, they're like, well, no, the intelligence people. I go, they don't know. Like, of course they don't know. Like, yeah. but so they were able to get around it by basically letting other people lie. That's now yeah. evidence, and you see all the people and the clappers of the world. Well, you know, it's not exactly what I said. It's like bullshit. It's exactly what you said. But when they themselves didn't come out and say it was false, I said it's real. Yep. And so when Maricopa County doesn't deny your evidence, I mean. What yeah. more do we need to know? Like, and, and how do we stop? Because you, know, you don't want to get to the point where it feels futile. You, you want people to, like, on election day, not just, and they want us to take our ball, That's exactly to cry, and want. go home. That's what they're trying to do. And, and this is we, a disenfranchisement, like a scale we've never seen before. They want you just to accept the rubber stamp talking points and, and move on. And, and I they, can understand why that's appealing when you see that they won't even look at the evidence or acknowledge it and, more importantly, not deny that it's false. It's one thing if they say, no, it's false for all these 15 reasons. But when they're like, eh, it's probably good, but it doesn't matter. The takeaway from this, and I, I try to talk about this wherever I go, they, this isn't just about this election. I mean, they did it in 2020. They did it in 22. Yeah. They want and it's us not so just about Arizona. No, it's not. Yeah. They want us so disillusioned that we go, forget it. I'm not even voting anymore. I'm not going to show up for the uh, you know um, political meetings anymore because it's just it's a futile effort. No, that we can't. We have to show up, even though it's a terrible rigged system. We got to keep showing up, and the bigger we show up, the harder it is from the cheat. We that's, have to overwhelm it. That's why it was so obvious. We showed up in such huge numbers on election day, bigger than in the presidential. Our um, you know the showing on election yeah. day in a midterm was bigger than the 2016 presidential, yeah. which is huge, and. We have to keep showing up. It's harder and harder for them to cheat. And then when they do cheat, it's very obvious. And I don't think they can pull this off again. It, right now, the people are up to here in Arizona. They're pissed off. 
They're, they're a little bit depressed, but they're also ready to fight and say, we're not going to put up with this anymore. So, you know, I've been out there saying, hey, like at this point, like it's, it's less even about the candidate or the policy. Like we have to be ballot harvesting. Now, that's illegal in Arizona, but th- I think we have to be playing the same game. Uh, that the Democrats are playing. What are they doing in Arizona that's sort of the equivalent of ballot harvesting? Again, every state has a different way of doing it. Some states you can do it. In Arizona, I guess you can, a family member or a caretaker can be collecting ballots yeah. and doing it this way. I'm sure they figured out a ways around their system or they found places where they're going to overlook it. You know, I think, I'm sure that happened in Pennsylvania. You know, they elected a vegetable, uh, John Fetterman in the Senate seat there. And I'm sure it's because they went to Philadelphia and they knocked on doors of people who could not have told you who's running in the Senate seat because yeah. they're doing, you know, busy trying to survive, uh, you know, but they get that ballot, they sign off, and this is wonderful, right? Which is why yep. signature verification was so screwed up, and they had to change the standards to make sure that these things happen and they were okay. Uh, you know, yeah, so they don't I, care about the I candidate. actually think we have to be playing that game. Yeah. We can't do the, you know, same day, voter ID, paper ballots. Like, we can do that eventually, but the only way to do that is to actually win be in the control yeah. and win. And the only way to win is to play the game the way the enemy, in my opinion right now, has mm-hmm. set up the battlefield. How do you do that in Arizona? You know, I, I hear this and I, I agree temporarily we have to do that. I really want to get to the point where we can get some wins in there, where we can get around no, the stolen system way, and then do it the right way. How do you get there? That's a good question. And I think my lawsuit is huge. I think what's happening right now in the Arizona legislature, they're putting forth a resolution right now to get rid of these machines. Mm-hmm. And Katie Hobbs doesn't have to sign that. Katie Hobbs doesn't have to sign that. This resolution would stand without her. That would be huge. Well, so that's important. So I mean, so that's really? in the state legislature. So yes. like, hey guys, if you're watching, like, hold them accountable. Like, you know, because you'll have that. They'll they'll pressure even if it's a Republican board. They'll they'll get a weak one yep. to to fold at the last second so that they don't pick it in front of his house and they don't have the social consequence that we face, right? Like but this, doing this the resolution that they're working on that would get rid of these machines would be a game changer. It would be for federal federal elections only, but the next election's a federal election. Yeah. So this could have huge consequences great in, in our favor and allow us to get the win. We know that we have the ideas that people want. We know that we have common sense solutions. We know that the general population is fed up with how far the left has gone. They're not even Democrats. Yeah. And so they're There's communists. no pretense of like decency even no at this point. I look that. at the trans stuff and the surgeries and trying to cut parents out of the equation. I mean, no parents, for it. I, I, you know, parents don't want, you can't talk about their kids and like the notion of like having a mother and a yeah. father that care for their children. It's like, oh, it's somehow racist. And these people are fucking insane at this point. Like, they're, it, it, they're sick and demented. Yeah. And, and nobody is for that. This is why in our movement, we had everyday Democrats come up and say, I'm voting for you, I can't wait to vote for you, the first Republican I've ever voted for, because the Democrats are realizing that the Democrat Party has left. Well, okay, t- talk about that. I, I, I'm seeing you know, your opponents, the, you know, who's sitting in the governor's mansion right now, unfortunately, but she is exposing, in my opinion, how out of touch she and the Democrats are. I mean, they're stripping out uh, school vouchers, I guess, from from a budget yes. because they don't want parents to be able to decide, I guess, if they don't want their children being indoctrinated with the leftist garbage in the schools. And that's how I feel like it's literally like communist manifesto mm-hmm. types. They're literally whatever we can do to pull parental stuff out of that. Get the children indoctrinated. Put them in these programs. Don't worry about math or actual science. You know, we're going to learn about gender ideology at yeah. three years old. You know, talk about that. Because I'm reading the things she's pulling out of a budget, which uh. I don't think jives well with... Even the people that said, well, you guys don't have them as MAGA, which would be like, 
moms. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think I think moms we are had, into like protecting the their movement. children. Yeah. You had that. You, so what, where's what it she's coming done in from her budget. What's, what's going on in there? Her budget was so shocking. Take $40 million away from the border strike force, which is helping keep us safe, D- not having the fence and the, uh, the wall built. Take that away. She wanted to remove the barrier, even though it was a paltry barrier that Doug Ducey in the final days of his administration to make it look like he was trying to be tough. Yeah, she I built the wall. Look, yeah. it's a fence. Yeah, she two pulled. Feet tall. Yeah, it was real. Yeah. It was actually um, storage containers yeah. that were stacked up like you know yeah. Legos, but it was a barrier and Some a barrier. Some of them have ladders on the side of them. She but, removed like, you know, all of that. She took this amazing. You know, Arizona is on the forefront of election or of, of uh, education freedom. We created ESA for All, which is the other people call them vouchers. Basically, you get to choose where your kids go. The tax money follows. That tax money is for the child. It's not for a public school system. And that was in place. We had an amazing success like, with that. That seems so obvious. Like, but she I, wants I, to I, dismantle that has to be a 99% it. issue, and she's trying to strip it out of that budget. But like, the notion that they would strip out a parent's ability to not just go with the teacher's union and what they want, right. which is clear based on success alone or the lack thereof, right? I think we're 28th or 29th in the world in education, spending more per child than any country in the world. And yet, the teachers union, of course, they don't want competition because they can continue to fail. We can continue to put kids out that can't read at high school levels. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know how to do math. Like, it's even terrible. basic stuff. And we're just going to strip that out because they're they're catering to the teachers union. I mean, it is such an amazing victory that parents got with that legislation. But it's gone now, she's or it will trying, be shortly. She's like, trying to, but the the legislature is going to try to prevent it, and it's going to be a, a big war. But the fact that she would even come in, she herself went to a um, private school. Of course, she did. They 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 all do. Yeah, and that's the big thing. And that, again, I I was blessed to be able to do that myself. But you know, none of these Democrats that are putting like haven't. You know, maybe there's a rare exception in some county that happens to have a good public school system. But in the ones where they're not and they're known to be a disaster, those kids are never going to those schools. That's right. Or or they put them in for one semester so they can say, my children were there. But it's all bullshit. Well, when she was in the legislature, she actually put her name. When you sponsor a bill, a piece of legislation, that means you're pretty proud of it. You don't put your name on just anything. She co-sponsored a bill to start sex education in kindergarten. So this is the kind of person we're dealing with. Her husband is a psychiatrist or psychologist who does, probably. Who does um, his specialty is children um, and sex changes. Oh, wonderful. And so this is the kind of person who's sitting in the governor's office because of a stolen election. And the people of Arizona are furious about it. Well, and, and they and want they me to fight. Be, but they again, want me to fight. That's why she wouldn't debate you because you'd bring something like that up. In the media... I, well, I think she knew that they were going to steal it. And yeah. in order to keep the few people who were for her from really realizing what a bimbo she is, and I use that term lightly, um, she didn't want to debate and get completely taken down because it would have been a takedown. And even the people who were for her would have went, ooh, there's no way she won. Yeah, so talk about, I mean, that seems to be, you know, again, I, as a guy that came from New York City and was a, you know, sort of surrounded by Democrats my whole life, I used to be able to have, like, reasonable conversations with these mm-hmm. people. But when I watch, like... It's a tenant of their platform now. Is this like children should have sex change operators that are permanent and irreversible, mm. and like they're not capable of making these decisions? They're young and can be manipulated, but they want three-year-olds who, let's just say, you know, wouldn't be able to buy a pack of cigarettes for fifteen years to be able to say, like yes, yeah. cut out the parents, do this. And I mean, these are where it's is this terrible. moving? Every day I read another story about it, and it's how does it gain this much traction? I mean, you have it's where like did a it mafia, come right? from? You it's have. Like, massive 
lobbying essentially for a portion of the population that's point oh 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 it doesn't it basically doesn't exist mm -hmm. or, or register and yet it's become such a fundamental part of the Democrat Party's platform like where is this coming from because I, I know it's actually unpopular because like if I put it out on Twitter or something like that right where mm -hmm. I'm like you know I'm in the very big minority as a like a vocal conservative they're like oh I freaking hate Don Jr that guy sucks but He's right about this one. Yep. You know, ah, I hate, I can't believe I actually agree with Don Jr. on something. And it's like, these are like leftists that are there to troll me every time I put it. And they're like, okay, we were with you. Yeah, we can't even how troll they, you on how that. How do they have this power? Like, they, they, like, this is an issue that people are actually even well, remotely the, in favor of. The only reason it exists is because they are using our children's malleable minds. I mean, think about how... Thankfully, our children have amazing imaginations, and we thank goodness every December, you know, they with the red man who comes down the chimney. We love that our children have big imaginations, and they're using that malleable mind of our child. When they get into school, we send them off into kindergarten, that precious babies, and they start indoctrinating them. And they're indoctrinating them with something so dangerous by using that and the power of suggestion. And if you don't think the power of a suggestion no. works, yeah. well, look at the multi-billion dollar uh, advertising uh, yeah. industry. Power of suggestion works. And for them to be suggesting to our precious, perfect babies that they can change their gender, change their, uh, that they should even be talking about yeah. this. First of all, if you wanna talk about sex and gender with a five-year-old, you shouldn't be anywhere near a school. You're a pervert. Correct. To be well, honest. And that's and what this mother thinks, and I'm telling you, a lot of mothers around the country feel that way. And the effort to make sure the parents can't have any say in it. It's you know, sick. meaning they're, they're, they're active, like there's an active campaign to be like, not only do they want to do those things, they want to make sure the parents can't do anything are about kept it, in the dark. can't find out about it. I mean, these are. You know, and I think I can't we've, even, we've know, all seen it. the pictures. Crazy. And if, if when we were growing up, and I think I'm a little bit older than you, Don, but if somebody would have shown me a picture back when I was in high school or even college in the, in the 80s of a, you know, 16-year-old who's had a double mastectomy and a hysterectomy and is changing her gender as a 16-year-old and said, this is the future, I would have said, you're smoking crap, put down Hunter's crack pipe, yeah. because that can't be what our future is. When you see the stuff that's being pushed right now, if they would have, for example, in the 1980s when I was growing up, in Iowa, in one of the most rural parts of the country, the heartland, the, you know, we feed, we feed the world and from Iowa. Yeah. If somebody would have said, hey, um, imagine we're gonna let the USSR come in and buy up your farmland. That would have never happened. Yeah. Never. That, that's just so well, outrageous. Yeah. What now can go got, wrong? <laughs> now we've got China coming and buying our farmland, buying up real estate. This has to stop. What's going on right now is so off the charts crazy that sometimes I feel like I'm living on planet crazy. And I think the rest of the country feels that way. I think we have a huge majority who are with us. And that's the reason they have to call us racist. They have to call us extremists, right-wingers. Let me tell you, America first is, it's not right-wing. It's common sense. And the left has gone so far off to the left, they've jumped off the cliff, and they're already in communism. Yeah. And we're not gonna go there, not on my watch. I will fight tooth and nail to keep my kids living in a free country, because I'm not gonna stop fighting. And I'm not gonna look at my kids and say, I give up, it's too hard. It is hard, and oh, it's, it's not yeah, fun. It, it's brutal, but we have no choice. Yeah, you look uh, at your yeah. five kids, yeah. I look at my two kids and I go, I gotta fight for these guys. As long as I'm breathing air, I gotta fight for them. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned Iowa. You're from there, but you're also there recently. I mean, is there, uh, you're thinking about maybe throwing a hat in the ring? Uh, <laughs> no. You know, or even if it's from a, a VP type of slot to 
You know, I'll tell for you. Twenty-four. I'll tell you what um, my motive was going to Iowa. First of all, when I was campaigning. Um, Listen, we'll get along great until, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not running for president. I'm not running for VP. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I'm from Iowa, and during the campaign, I wanted to go home and visit. I missed a lot of family moments. Yeah. And my team's like, you, can never, you can't go to Iowa. And I go, what do you mean? You're telling me I can never go to Iowa again? Yeah. No, if you go to Iowa, they'll think you're running. So I figured the time to go is after yeah. the election. And no matter what, they'll still be But now yeah. it's still, why are you there? But to be honest, I'm in this a little bit of limbo. And I have a really great case, and I want to educate people about our case around the yeah. country. Well, I think that's Iowa important. Chooses, you got to finish that through no matter what. Yeah, Iowa chooses the next, helps choose the next president. Yeah. And you know, I, I've been I've endorsed your father and from yeah. the very beginning. I think he's the only way out of the problem we're in. He's the only guy. He's the only man who can help us. Yeah, and he's so, not beholden to anyone, which is what people don't understand. Yes. You know, so many, you see that, like, you know, Nikki Haley. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Nikki Haley well, getting let me tell you, Here we go. Let's just get back to war and we'll never, you know. Let me tell you ending. why I went to Iowa. For the, for, I, I want to let people know in Iowa, you have such a responsibility. And I know the good people of Iowa take that responsibility seriously. But don't let these candidates come through without asking them where they stand on election integrity. Mm-hmm. Where do they stand on election crime? Because, uh, you know, Nikki Haley should have to answer that. Hey, Nikki, did you hear what happened in Arizona? How do you feel about that election down there? And if she tries to dodge that question, the most important issue of our time, truly, because how do we solve the border crisis? How do we solve what's happening on the verge of World War III? How do we solve all of these problems if we can't get the people we elect into office? Yeah. And you know, if if your father goes there, ask him what he thinks about the election. I know he'll speak about it. <laughs> I'd say he's been rather he's been vocal, rather vocal yeah. on it. But yeah, all but, these you know, other people if, pretending there's not a DeSantis problem. If DeSantis goes in, if I don't know who else is running, ask them about it. They need to go on the record with where they stand on elections because our elections are a mess. They're a mess in this country, and we're going to lose our country if we don't make sure we have secure, honest elections. So that was my mission. I wanted to tell them about where my case is, tell them how important their role is, and make sure that they understand they have the right to ask these questions, and we have a right for our Republican nominee to speak out on it. And I hope that the nominee is your dad. I think it will be. I, I pity anybody who jumps in there against your dad yeah, because no, it's, it's going to be... Um, it's different. You, you, you yeah. see it. You know what's interesting about it for me, and we, we spoke sort of about the consultant class before. I feel like there's a lot of people... There's going to be people that are going to get in because it's like... That's their excuse to stay on TV for another six yeah. months, and you know, or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna write a book, or they're gonna do something like that. But uh, I feel like a lot of people who have no chance are like looking at this thing because they're being pressured by a consultant class that only makes money if they run. Yeah, and why though? Oh, right. I get that. Well, I get no, that. I, I, but but that's what. It, but you why know, would you put yourself? You that? see this. I, I don't know if it was as much the case in Arizona, but you saw it all over the place where you know, someone convinces a terrible candidate who has no chance but has a big wallet. You should run and self-fund the campaign because they're right. making all this. So they make it hard for someone like yourself or anyone else in a primary to even win, even though it's obvious because you're having attack ads put against you. Oh, you're doing for someone who could never win a general, could probably never win the primary. But you know, the consultant class says, "Well, I'm going to run that person. They're going to spend ten million dollars. I'm going to pocket two and a half of that, and I'm going to yeah. get rich, and we're going to do damage to the cause along the way." And they're telling that client. That candidate, we just—if you just put another million in this week, yeah. you know, next week, just, oh, another million. We're so close. Just keep going. Oh, look at these polls we did. Look how close you are. One yeah. more million. Well, I ran against. It's a poll like of that. seven people. Four of them happen to be from our yeah, office. You're going to win this there. thing. Yeah, so I ran against somebody like that in the primary. She spent a record amount, never seen before in Arizona, thirty million. I had attack ads like we've never seen. Who was that? Karen Robeson. 
Oh yeah, like and like and if you put her in this room, I wouldn't be able to tell you who she was. Well, uh, some fact. of the new research, new um, polling that just recently came out, looking at the Senate race, um, she spent all that money, and they said you don't have any name ID, so nothing to show for it. She spent thirty million attacking me, and the beautiful thing is that my relationship with the people of Arizona is so strong that the people went. This isn't true. She's not a racist. She's not this. She's not a neo not Whatever they call you. Yeah, everything. Well, everything, right? Like Everyone is like, like... I've been I, called all of those things. I'm like, that's yeah. weird. I'm, yeah. Everyone at home is going, she's been in our home for 30 years. We know her. She's not what this woman is saying she yeah. is. And so it's hard when you have that kind. We were left um, hitting the general election having endured $30 million of attack ads and having to kind of climb out of that and then work my positives yeah. back up. But my, and the person that did that to you has no name ID. Yeah, no like, name and, after and, spending and, all that and money. And no chance of actually winning, but like minor details. Yeah, but of course, the consultants want to get the rich people yeah. to go hey, in and Hey, listen, say, she spent $30 million, so there's a lot of people that got really rich. Yeah, I think they're trying to get her to do it again. Oh, of course they are. Like, right why, away, why, they're why, like, why? she's married to a billionaire, keep the money coming, the gravy train, and it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad how the system works. It's really rare that a citizen politician can step in. You know, we had a citizen politician in Ronald Reagan. We had a citizen politician in Donald J. Trump. We had a citizen politician in me. And I don't know that without that, you know, fame that came with Ronald Reagan being an actor, your dad being uh, Donald Trump and and all the things he did, me having almost 30 years of experience in Arizona, that a regular person can run. It's so sad, but you have to have that name ID to to endure um, what is coming at you. Yeah, and, and I think the people that have built that name ID up in organic fashion, it's like they look at what happens and they're like, well, why would I get in this thing, right? They're yeah. going to destroy me. They're going to take my life's work and, you know. Oh, I, and they I, do. I, know what they I mean, did, had I, I like, known <laughs> going into it. But you asked a, a question, I don't even think I answered it, about the kind of the, the letdown of it all. And, you, you know, the bottom falls out after a campaign, even a winning campaign. Yeah. And we won. Oh, I mean, we won. Yeah. I, I, I know for a fact we won, but they took it from us. So. We weren't able to, to celebrate. It makes me very sad that the amazing people of Arizona, hundreds of thousands of them who knocked on doors, got involved, did everything right, showed up to vote, um, got you know held events at their home. It was so beautiful and organic, and we couldn't celebrate. Yeah. And they've reached out to me and said, please keep fighting. The sad part is I wanted to go in like a mom, because I'm just a mama bear, mm-hmm. wrap my arms around people and say, it's going to be okay. We're going to fight this. We're going to get through this. Yeah. But I didn't have a chance to do that. I had to immediately pivot and go take on a street fight. I mean, like a knife fight on the street. And I had to hire attorneys, get a case built. And I just had to pivot away from all the amazing people and go down this legal battle, which is not fun, but um, I am not going to quit it. Well, I think it's important. I think it's, listen, I I think it's working in the sense that they're still attacking you, right? They're still going after him. And last week I saw, you know, at the Super Bowl, you didn't stand up for the Black National Anthem, which I don't know that many people had ever heard about before the last few years, including most of the African-Americans I know. It, yeah. Like, I mean, talk about that. Because, I mean, I, I saw them going after you in a lot of ways. And then I saw actually a lot of sort of at least conservative African-Americans, whether it's, you know, uh, I guess it was Burgess Owens and uh, yeah. Larry Elder and stuff, you guys like that standing up for you and be like, yeah, there's one national anthem. This it is, it covers just... everyone. Like, if there was a white national anthem, uh, yeah, it would be a problem. problem. And yeah. people would lose their minds. And they'd be right. Absolutely. Just like if the election were stolen in a minority community or in a Democrat community, they'd be right to throw a fit. And I would be behind them if the election was stolen from minorities or Democrats. We're not into stealing elections in America. 
I'm not into stealing elections. So um, with that case, I knew they were doing that because I'd heard um, the NFL was going to play that. And I just, like you said, it's separating us, it's dividing us. America is such a great place. It doesn't matter what your skin color is, what your religious beliefs are. We come together as Americans. And our national anthem is the most perfect song in the world. And I I stand, I I sing that with pride, I put my hand on on the heart, and I tear up when I hear that. Mm -hmm. But if we're gonna start separating it out to have a, like you said, a black national anthem, a white national, a Christian, a Jew, where do we stop that? If you'd have a problem with any sort of demographic breakout, yep. then you gotta have a problem with all of them, right? And and, and keep the one. I was, Our you know, national I was average covers all the, of The us. lunatics on The View, I saw the clip afterwards, and I think it was Sonny Hostins, and even Whoopi was like, stepped in and was like, oh, I lost They were talking about me? No, no, and oh, they were talking like... about sort of, well, there's two black quarterbacks, so it shows that a black guy can lead a team, and I'm like, wait a minute, like, course, did that not, like, of course that, like, but it shows sort of the latent racism yes. of the left, and even like that's what they actually think. They think that people don't actually think that. I'm like, but it's already been done. Like just because there was two, like these aren't really talking they points see anymore. Everything and yet, through they the have prism. to bring it through that lens. They see everything through the prism of of racism, and when they look at someone, they see the skin color. I don't see skin color when I look at people. That is so trivial and and shallow. And I when I see a great quarterback, I, I don't go, well, that's a great black quarterback. Because that's a great quarterback. When I see a great um, mom, I go, what a great mom. When I see a great, whatever you're great at, an athlete, uh, when it comes to music, I don't look at skin color. And that's what's so beautiful about the America First Republican Party. It's about bringing Americans together. We don't care what your background is. Good people are good people. Yes, indeed. And we have to stop um, trying to divide everybody. But that's the only way they can win. If they divide us into small little groups... This, you're gay, you're black, you're Asian, you're Hispanic. Well, but you see it, and then you see the results, and when people call it out, like, I actually think they do a bigger disservice. You know, I'm, I'm looking, you know, hey, in, in, in the weeks prior to this, right, you have all these sort of train derailments and disasters you know, that would fall under the transportation secretary, and I, I've gone after Pete Buttigieg, because I'm like, he's literally the worst guy ever, but, like, he was there because he's like, whoa. Gay guy that ran for president, like, well, why? He was a like mayor of a crappy little town in Indiana. They had no idea who he was, but like, because he's gay, he checked the box. Like, yeah. he can just run for president, and like, well, because he was the only gay guy running for president, it's never like we got to give him a cabinet position. And even if he's qualified on paper because he went to good schools, like, what does he know about transportation? The right. answer is nothing. So he continues to fail us. He doesn't show up. He doesn't do anything. He talks about you know racist. You know, mm-hmm. construction workers, because they happen to be white guys working hard on a construction site in a minority neighborhood, and it's like, like, why don't you fix the problems? But they don't like he's merit- not capable of fixing them because he's only there because he checked the box. This is the problem when you get rid of meritocracy. We want the best of the best to rise. And people who aren't the best of the best, we want to help make them the best. Yeah. That's why we want a great education system. But the last thing you want, you know, let's just say as a pilot, you get on a plane. I don't want to know that that pilot um, was hired because they fit one of those boxes. I want to know that pilot yeah. knows what they're doing. At 36,000 feet, I want the best damn pilot. Yes, and I think we should put that pilot um, as that kind of a job as how we should be hiring people. Yeah. But we also have to work, because our education system is so bad right now, in making it good for everybody. I do want to see every type of person 100%. move into the jobs, but we got to have job people who are qualified and competent. And, and putting um, Pete Buttigieg in that position is causing destruction and death yeah mayhem yeah, i mean it's mayhem. A, you know and then he you know goes on vacation for months and you know paternity leave or he's chest feeding or something and yeah. it's like oh no one says anything and they don't even fill in the role because it's like ah, it doesn't matter like it's he'll get just, cover because he's 
it's crazy. It's crazy and it's hurting America. And, and this is why we got to stop with that. That meritocracy is important. You succeed, you do better, you, get, you, move, your, you move up, you get to the next job. Mm -hmm. Not just, you go to the top because you're gay or you go to the top because you fit one of these, these little boxes that the left is always trying to break us up into. Yeah. Now with, with Joe Biden's administration, it's like, you know, all these people are transgender. That's the yeah. new box. Oh, it's the new. By the way, That's if you do that, box. you can be an admiral. You can be an F eighteen pilot. You don't have to be good at anything. Like it's, if you check that yeah. one, that's like checking twelve boxes prior. Yeah, it and, feels like to me. I mean, and how I, sad that our kids are growing up in this world where it's not like practice really hard. You be the best musician that you can be. You be the best athlete. You be the best student. You be the best at math. No, what you're getting rewarded for in school now is if you are. Oh, Different in a way, like you are of confused gender ideology. Yeah. I don't like seeing our kids um, get ahead. I want our kids to get ahead because they're really working hard and, ex 100%. and excelling at something. Yeah, because eventually they're going to be gaming the system, and we've yeah. seen that with the trans, you and, know, you know, men in, in, in women's sports and stuff like that. I'm saying, why don't why are why aren't like biological women dominating men's sports after they transition? It's almost like maybe there's a scientific advantage to being. A man in certain sports, like yeah. it, it's crazy. It's crazy, and I can't believe that any man would want that. That's yeah. really silly. We need. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer, and we need to allow our boys to be boys and our men to be men. We need strong men, yeah. right now. And I think, in a way, our men are a little bit gun shy because they've oh, been I think told they're, they're being forced to be effeminate. First, it, it was me yeah. too, and then it's um, you know you're aggressive, you're um, toxic masculinity. And they're just, they're afraid to even ask a woman out now because it's like, it's going to turn into a Me Too movement or moment. Yeah. Well, I even hear from people in like corporate America, they're like, well, I, I can't hire a woman for that role. I go, what, what do you mean? Like, it, it's not worth taking the risk, right? Wow. I, if I say something, like, so I almost feel like the pendulum has overcorrected. Right. Uh, you know, meaning if, if according, you know, if there's a gender pay gap, like as a responsible corporate citizen, you'd have all women because you're getting this great advantage, but it's not really that way because people choose to be mothers and it's just, there are biological differences. Or they but don't want to mentor Then there are people, someone. they don't want to mentor someone because, yeah. you know, if the wind blows the office door closed and someone changes their mind one day, you know, that's not a, there's things that are totally inappropriate in a way. I think we all know what those are and what yeah. those things are, but there are people that don't want to take the chance. And so I think that movement and the sort of the overcorrection and the sort of, the presumed guilt uh, before, you know, you gotta prove your innocence as opposed mm -hmm. to prove your guilt. Uh, just the reverse of all of the systems is probably gonna do more harm than good mm -hmm. um, in a system because they always take it too far. They always do, and, and it's unfortunate. Now, now the women could say, well, you didn't mentor me and hire me because you're, you know, sexual discrimination. We just gotta move beyond a lot of this craziness, yeah. but we have to start by allowing our men to be the strong men we need. A country is only as strong, truly, I believe, as our men are, and yeah. if we're allowing this kind of nonsense to be inflicted on our young boys where they have a better shot at getting ahead in Joe Biden's world if our boys decide they want to be a different gender than if they just be strong boys and do great things and, and succeed at, at school, succeed at sports, succeed at whatever they apply themselves to. Yeah. So I think, I believe the mama bear revolution is upon us and the moms are Good. just saying, We've Step had up, ladies. We need and you. And the papa bears, as I and, say. We're, yeah. we're, the parents are just saying, wow, if we don't stand up and fight right now, fight this nonsense, fight for fair elections, fight for secure borders and safe streets, our kids are not going to have anything, to uh, any country to live in, and it's going to be really scary. So speaking of those people standing up and fighting, who, who surprised you, uh, good or bad, that you know they sort of disavowed you the second you sort of started running for politics that maybe would have been a friend. Uh, um, and who maybe, who, well, who were you pleasantly surprised with that sort of stepped up and 
I always, like, hey, I'm all in on this. It was funny. When I first uh, resigned from my job, I had a lot of people reach out in politics, too, going, you should run. And a lot of them were the kind of establishment types that mm-hmm. turned ended up turning against me. They wanted me to run, and then they realized, oh, whoa, 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 she's a Trump Republican, MAGA. Hmm. Maybe we don't want her. And they turned on me and went with my more rhino opponent. And people like Jan Brewer, who um, I had... Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go into a lot of our conversations, but she was kind of encourage, encouraging of me to run, absolutely opposed to digging into the election and any crimes. And I, listen, I, I want all crimes to be looked into, and election crimes are big crimes. Mm-hmm. And she's opposed to looking into any of that. So I think that really turned her off on me, that I wanted to see the forensic audit through and find out how we can make our elections more secure. So she kind of turned on me. I thought it was interesting that Mike Pence... And Chris Christie, whom I've never met, came to town during the primary and so, in such a nasty way, campaigned against me. They never met me. They lied about me. And I was like, wow, okay, I will remember that. It's in the back of my head, guys. Well, um, welcome to politics. The people who surprise me, I mean, you know, your dad's amazing. And people tell me now, you know, you don't have to cozy up to President Trump like I'm doing it for any ulterior motive. I I love your dad because that man gave up more for this country than anyone I've ever seen. I know, you know, the life that he has is so beautiful. Why would you throw yourself into it? He did it because he loves this country. And I think he deserves to be revered for that. And I, I spend time with him. I talk to him regularly. I endorse him for no other reason than that I believe he deserves that, and he is the only person who can get us out of the mess we're in. He's the only person who can stand on the world stage and get everything situated because Joe Biden has left it a mess, a total oh, yeah. I mean, the whole, mess. The whole globalism. I mean, you know, what, are, what are some of those issues so, that you think that, that we're missing? That, you know, again, you know, the media doesn't talk about sort of the America first versus globalism. They just, you know, these guys globalism. are great. Yeah, I mean, what, are, what, are, what is that issue that perhaps we're even missing? Maybe not you and I because we're just in the trenches 24-7, but like that the people don't understand sort of what's, what's happening around them. Well, I think globalism is kind of a nice sanitized word for communism. It's kind of the trademark version. It's like they know they can't say, hey, we're marching everybody toward communism because America would probably go, whoa, I don't think that's going to be good. And so they're calling it globalism. And, you know, and, and that sounds a little more like, uh, you know, Metropolitan and yeah. maybe a little it's very, cooler. Like progressive. Yeah, we're going to like Davos. Progressive is bullshit. Like it's a, you know, that's not progressive. It's like it's, it's, it's regressive. It's degenerative. Yeah, yeah, it's regressive. So I think that is the most dangerous thing facing this country. It's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about globalism, which is communism, and Americanism, which is America first. And I think that's the biggest, the big issue. And that's why they had to unleash COVID, stop your dad from winning, because he's the one man who can't be controlled by that system. That's why they had to stop me. I couldn't be controlled by the system. And so I tell people when I was on the campaign trail, anyone who's being attacked relentlessly by the media, give that person a second look because they're not being controlled by some really bad powers out there. They're being controlled by we the people. And that's what we want of our elected officials. This is how our country was built by our founding fathers. For us to be involved in the system, which let's let's admit it. A lot of us Americans kind of didn't get involved in the system. We were Correct. just enjoying yeah, because, our lives. But, but I think we also assumed, hey, it, it's America. Like I, I realize it, now, after six well. years, it's running well, and like it's sort of the best. You know, obviously there's some issues, but like I didn't realize how much of it was nonsense. You know, the, the notions that we were just sort of led to believe about the country actually don't exist. Yep. 
Well, and we people all will, would tell me on the campaign trail, I wish President Trump wasn't so this, and he's a little bit too much on t- Twitter, and I wish he would. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could dial up the exact personality of everybody we want? We yeah. need you need that. You, you we need an animal that. to fight this system because it's where we are is yeah. so bad. And when he came in, we needed somebody who was brash, tough, a, a brash New Yorker to come in and, and wake us up. We needed kind of wake up America. You got to see what's going on where they're leading us. It's not good. Yeah. And so we needed a President Trump when he came along. We needed a Ronald Reagan and that temperament when he came along. You know, Ronald Reagan came in, and Barry Goldwater, I think, really started the MAGA movement. And then Ronald Reagan came along and moved it Mm -hmm. forward, and your dad took it all the way down the field. But we needed a Ronald Reagan who came out of a nightmare called Jimmy Carter, where America was left in an ash heap, to come in and let us know, hey, we can get through this. And with his optimism, his positivity, his humor... Um, and his common sense, his Midwestern common sense, he helped usher us through a really dark time, mm-hmm. a very severe recession. And he made us realize that as Americans, if we pull together under that common thread that we're all Americans and we have the greatest country on earth, then we can get through anything. And I believe that more than ever. And that's why with your dad, he was a triple threat. Smart, strong, and he was going to bring us together under patriotism. So they said, what do we, how do we stop that? He's going to be like Reagan on steroids if we don't stop it. And that's why they went after the red hats, make America great again. They went after patriotism. If you love the country, you're just a nationalist. And they, yeah, you're, they, you're, you know, you can't explain someone, but you're, so you're a racist. You're, yeah, a, you're a xenophobe. They, you're a this. Like, made, no matter what, they got to just vilify and demonize even basic American tenets and traits. And I'm hoping that people now realize we have to stand up and speak out. We can't let cancel culture, social media, the media, whoever, tell us not to talk about these issues. It's so important that we come together as Americans. I mean, we're on the verge of just being pulled apart. The fabric of our society is just tearing. And we've got to get in there and clean up the mess. We got to, I was a janitor when I was in college. We need a cleanup crew right now to come in, mop up the mess, get Joe Biden and this nightmarish um, administration out of Washington, D.C., stop with the crazy ideas that are destroying our families and our children, and get some common sense in there and turn it around. I saw your dad do that in one year. He came in in 2016, and in one year, even though he was facing the worst, just nasty coverage, people were shaming business owners yeah. from showing up at the no, White it's, House. It's crazy. But he, with all of that going on, he managed to do amazing things. And while well, every day just taking punches, body punches. And so you're it. talking about staying involved, staying in this game. You're obviously you seeing this lawsuit through. You've gotten the bug for politics. You're working on a book as well. I'm working on a book. I'm writing that right now. Hopefully it'll be out by May, maybe sooner. You know, it's such a great thing to work on a book. I wish uh, the pressure of having to get it done, you know, that's not fun. But it's so cool to kind of go back and relive some of the moments on the campaign. Yeah. Because it's going so fast, as you know, when you're on the campaign. It moves so fast, you don't even have time to absorb what you just mm-hmm. saw. You'll have a day where your encounters with the people were yeah. so beautiful. And you, you get into bed at night and you go, gosh, I want to remember that forever. I want to remember those moments. The people are so involved in this, in this fight. And then the next day you start over and a million more things happen and you kind of start forgetting. So I'm it, glad to put it down into words. It, and in looking at it, you know, is there anything that you say, hey, maybe if, if, if you do it again, if you have the bug, if you're going, you know, whether it's governor, different office, you know, what would you do differently? Well, my number one priority is seeing my case through, and I, yeah. and I hope we win. I'm, I know if we have a fair judicial system, we'll win hands down. It's happened in Arizona, by the way. We have precedent where 
a governor cheated, got into office, the courts ruled that that governor cheated, and they pulled that governor out and installed the wow. correct governor. So it's happened in Arizona uh, about 100 years ago. And someone said, that's an old case. Well, it doesn't matter. That's, it's precedent. That's sort of how precedent. You know what works, else is but, old? Yeah. Our Constitution's old, and we still go by that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. My, that's my number one priority. We have a Senate race coming up in two years, and I've had dozens of people reach out uh, from all over the country, from in Arizona, saying, you've got to run. We've got internal polling showing that I'm the only person who can win that, that um, primary and then go on to beat um, the two far-left radicals who are running for Senate. Yeah. So I, I would consider that. I, I do know this. If they are so afraid of me, a mama bear who got fed up and decided to run for office, that they're willing to steal the election, uh, uh, trample on our sacred vote in Arizona because they want me gone, I'm not going to give them that. I will not go away, and I will not stop. They have messed with the wrong mama bear. And our whole movement is not going away. And if they think they can just make us cower and, and, and you know, scamper off and, and walk away, they got another thing coming because the, the pendulum is swinging back and it is coming back as a wrecking ball. And there will be a day of reckoning for what they have been pulling on this country and our children and our families. Well, and I think that's, that's really important because I think people want to know that you know, people like yourself, yep. my father, that they're still in this fight. They haven't ceded any ground. They're not going to give up. They're not going to stop. No. And, you know, that, that's a number one uh, for so many of these people. So, yes. Carrie, thank you so much for doing thank this. You. I'm sure uh, a, a lot of people will, will be supporting you and watching very closely in the coming months, and they just never want you to give up. I won't. And, you know, I, I try to keep people on top of it so you can follow our case. You can go to CarrieLake.com. You can go to my, um, you know, Twitter, my Rumble. I, I try to keep people on top of it. Right now it's kind of in the hand of the, of the judges, so I'm, I'm patiently yeah. waiting. God has given me many lessons in patience <laughs> the last couple of months, and... Um, I think God needed to wake a few more people up with this. It's great to hear. Thanks, Thanks. so much. Thank you, guys. Guys, the great Carrie Lake, I want to thank her for the time. I think that was really awesome. I think really important for you all to watch and see all of that. I also, before I go over to Locals, I'm going to be going live, taking your questions on Locals. Uh, super excited about that one. Uh, so hopefully there'll be some good questions in there. But I just want to thank our sponsors. So again, uh, go to Patriot mobile.com slash Don Jr. That's literally America's only Christian conservative mobile network. Uh, if you're in there already, just use Don Jr. as your activation code and they'll put it on there for free. Uh, again, support those who support you. If you're looking to diversify your portfolio, GoldCo uh, has also sponsored the show. If you go to donjrgold.com, D-O-N-J-R gold.com, uh, you can go check out everything that you want. Again, as a way to diversify your portfolio, you can move stuff around from your IRA. Uh, again, you can go check it out. The experts at Gold Co. will uh, take you through it, see and make your own decisions about it. Uh, but I think when you look at the world right now, it uh, seems like it's a, a great way to do it. And those guys are total pros. So D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com, DonJuniorGold.com. Uh, between Patriot Mobile and Gold Co., uh, just awesome, again, to have people taking part in the patriot economy, uh, doing things that, uh, and sponsoring shows that would otherwise get people canceled or doing the apology tour. So I think uh, that's really important. Uh, I want to thank you guys for everything. Again, thanks for the support on the show, uh, making it the success that it is so far. I mean, we're literally one month in and uh, putting up numbers like people who've been doing it for years, uh, and in many cases, a lot better. So 
Uh, that's because of you, and hopefully you appreciate sort of my unvarnished, uh, you know, take on things. I guess I'll say things on here that I probably uh, haven't been able to even say on regular TV or all the other stuff that I've done uh, in the past, but uh, it seems to be working, and I hope you guys like it. If you don't, uh, tell me in the comments, because I actually have a screen literally right here uh, that I can look to. I can see what you guys are saying in real time. Uh, so if you like it, if you don't, whatever it is, let me know. Uh, I actually take some of that stuff to heart. If you're the haters, uh, keep writing, typing, you're still watching. So uh, <laughs> we'll have some fun with that. But thank you again, Patriot Mobile. Uh, use Don Jr. as an activation code or D-O-N-J-R at DonJrGold.com. Uh, to Goldco, support our sponsors and the companies that are unafraid to support conservatives. We need to do that. We got to stop giving our money to the communists and have it be weaponized against us. God knows it's hard to make a buck. Uh, let's not give it to the people who hate you. Guys, thank you so much. I uh, hope you really liked it. Look forward to heading over to Locals now. If you haven't checked out that platform, I'm going to take your questions live uh, for a little bit. Uh, and then I get to go back and do uh, the family uh, President's Day weekend stuff. Also, oh, you guys forgot, I forgot to mention earlier, I uh, got a little bit uh, wrapped up, I guess, in the, just the, the tribute to my mom for her birthday, but it was also my little man's birthday on uh, Saturday. Uh, D3, uh, Donald Trump III. Uh, I don't know if that'll be good or bad for him later on in life. <laughs> who, who the heck knows, but uh, my little man turned uh, 14 on Saturday and uh, we had an awesome dinner. Uh, with uh, my dad and uh, the kids and Kim and everyone. Uh, man, I think we gotta, I gotta bring a camera uh, to that one or go live just for the family dinner because the stories are amazing, but it's, it's everything you would hope for and probably uh, a lot more uh, with the craziness and just the stories. And uh, it, it's, it's actually made for TV or actually probably made even more for streaming. Uh, but you guys are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you to the incredible Carrie Lake uh, for being here. Uh, keep supporting her. I look forward to checking out her book as well. And now we're going to head over to Locals. So I will see you guys on Thursday. We're going to have an awesome show. Uh, please pass this stuff all along to your friends. You know, let them see it. Um, you know, obviously no one in media is going to do any favors to us or anyone else who's actually really fighting for this stuff uh, to, to grow a platform like this, to get more views. Uh, frankly, they'll do the opposite. Uh, so if you can, you know, share this stuff, follow, have your friends follow. You know, if you follow on the Rumble app, you can get notifications. So if I go live or if I'm in a cool place and we do the random thing, uh, we can go live. But share it. Let's, like, continue that movement where it's organic of the people, for the people, by the people. Uh, because that's why we're all doing it, guys. So thank you so much. You've been awesome. Can't believe it's already been a month. I'm actually really enjoying this. I was not sure if I was going to like long form. Uh, you know, you've been probably watching my rants, whether it's on, you know, some of the other social or whatever for a while, or just, uh, you know, my memes going up. But, uh, I've actually really enjoyed sort of this long form, uh, having those conversations. Um, and it's just been a blast. So we'll, we'll keep it up and we'll keep fighting. You guys are the best. We'll see you on Thursday.